welcome to the Video Game Hour. This is Tavit, and uh, before we kick off the real recording, the rest of the recording, I just needed to caveat this episode uh, very quickly. Yusuf and I uh, were lucky enough to attend the Killscreen 256 conference in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, Killscreen Magazine is a video game arts and culture company, and they host a yearly series of panel discussions that they call 256. It was excellent. It was amazing. Uh, and our plan was to do... Uh, to make 256 the actual spotlight of um, this week's video game hour. So a little bit different. It wouldn't be a game. We were going to be covering a conference. Uh, so we went to the conference. We had an incredible time. We heard some really thought-provoking conferences, or sorry, panels that were led by the company's founder, Jamin Warren. It was super informative. It, we loved it. We had a great time. We learned a bunch. We got to play a bunch of really cool games on the show floor. And we got to rub elbows with uh, the likes of like Tim Schafer, um, which was really, really cool. And then we went back and we recorded the episode and through the magic of technology, that section of our episode was lost. Uh, the memory card was corrupted, unfortunately, and those last 30 minutes of our podcast were lost. So I just wanted to let you guys know that the 256 Festival is incredible. Um, you guys should definitely check it out online, see if you can find out info for next year's. And we just wanted to say thanks and sorry to Jamin and the guys at Killscreen. We had a great time. Um, we learned a bunch. And we're so sorry that the recording was lost. But without further ado... Uh, I'm Tavit. And I'm Yusuf. And this is the Video Game Hour. Um, and I'm asking Yusuf, what have you, you been playing recently, man? Uh, I've been playing a game, Sunset, which is by Tale of Tales. Ultimately, I spent four or five hours on it. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's a, it's so a, a lengthy indie game. Yeah, it's a lengthy indie game. It's great. What'd you think? I really liked it. I mean, for some background, Tale of Tales is a very independent studio. It's two people um, in Europe. I forgot exactly the country. They make very artistic, experimental games that try and kind of expand the medium a bit. And the interviews talk about how they're dissatisfied with the status quo of games and try and um, apply their particular, very experimental style to them. So a lot of their games don't have traditional arcs and loops of, of standard games and are more about... like. They're not making. Well, yeah. They're not making triple A games with like a linear plot progression. We're talking about like a yeah, yeah, more yeah. experimental, more experiential kind of thing. Exactly. And the thing with Sunset actually is that it's it was a game that was, it was a, I think the first kickstarted a game, and they have said that they wanted to be their most open and kind of accessible experience because one of the things the problem with making art is that you kind of automatically tune out people who aren't artistically fluent. Sure. Per, per se, like if you know you're, while say, uh, abstract painting can be very powerful to somebody who, who hasn't studied art, it can sometimes feel it can sometimes be blocked out. Oh, sure. By sure. by the by the art if they haven't been immersed in that world. And we're like in a fledgling medium right now with video games, so yeah, like to even get people into that type of experience. Yeah, it could be very kind of elitist in some ways, and sure. um, yeah. and restricted to people who have the time and the luxury to embrace like art and high art and very abstract art so which a lot of their early games have been and this game is much less that it's it kind of follows the formula of a lot of environmental storytelling games like dear esther gone home stuff like that where you the amount of interactivity is very limited and you are exploring an environment and pulling the story out from from those experiences from your interactions with the environment and the game has you play a housekeeper in a fictional South American country for a art dealer who is faceless 
though not nameless, and you get to know him through his objects and the things he collects around his house. Oh, interesting. Nice. Yeah, and uh, you also get to know yourself. Uh, what's cool about the game is you also you always see yourself in reflections oh, in the glass cool. and mirrors in the game. So you you your character isn't faceless either. Or like your character, kind of you you see your character very visibly. It's so funny because it's like. Uh, Growing up playing so many games, like I've always wanted that. Like yeah. it's so funny because yeah, yeah. like the mirror is this thing where it's either done very intentionally and it's like put into a game that like a surface can have a reflective quality and reflect your three D model back at you, or it's just like an art asset that dropped in. But so few games, in at least my experience in third person and first person action games, like show the reflection. I love that it's a part of exposing your character or the character that you're inhabiting in the story. That's really cool. Absolutely, it's fr- it's and it's more. And it's the first time that I felt like it was there to, to influence the story in some way because your character changes their outfits throughout the game oh, as cool. well. Like in the beginning, you have on a more very maid-like outfit that is very kind of uh, uniform and not very flashy. And then as you get to know the house and you get to know the owner and you form a relationship that kind of veers into the romantic, you actually start wearing more of like a playful spring-like outfit. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because so much of the materials in like the trailer are they speak about this game and the experience of being this person's housekeeper, uh, sort of in relationship with this larger conflict that's happening, kind of outside your door, outside this guy's window, um, of like a revolution and stuff. But I never picked up any sort of hints about a romantic connection. It's just interesting yeah, that they're exploring the they, inward journey and an outward they kind journey of, keep of the situation. It, they cool. kind of keep it on the down low a little bit in the trailer. Though this hints after playing it, you're like, okay, yeah. That's cool. But That's it's cool. you know it's it's really interesting actually because while playing it I got really into the the romantic story that was part of the game and it's totally like it's all exchanged in notes and that you kind of he leaves and then you'll maybe add uh, something to it mm-hmm. and you're given the option to approach it either coldly and like I'm just the housekeeper I'm just the help and like kind of come clean perfunctorily and maybe even not pay any attention to the notes oh, okay, and, cool. and do the Choose job not to yeah respond. yeah you can be very like fuck this job, I'm just here to, like, clean the house in peace, and, like, I have no t- attached to this, like, rich asshole. Oh, or so cool. you can kind of, like, delve into his life and kind of and, t- and take the bait. Because a lot of it is very, like, kind of playful school schoolyard flirtation that you engage in. And then you kind of come to realize your characters have a lot in common. You know, you both like art. You're both kind of nerds about art in some wow. way. Wow, this sounds so interesting. Man. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I, don't, I don't want to spoil too much. Yeah, no, I won't. I, mean, I won't go too far in it. That's, that sounds but, really, really exciting. I, I can't wait to play it. But it's like, yeah, it's it's it really weaves pretty like interesting narrative that is based entirely around observing objects, observing notes, past messages, and, and very little else. And like what your character will sometimes say while you're walking around the house too the narrative is like interspersed through your interactions and even though like it's like you're playing the character but she has her own voice mm. you're it's almost like a john malkovich situa- situation where like they'll do stuff outside of your control nice like it's not like you're like they're purely your avatar cool which is a really cool way of seeing it i mean she'll like pat her afro down when she's looking in the in the reflection of the mirror like you know make sure she's looking good that's great. and which is like gives her so much um it's like a personification mm-hmm. Outside of just like a video game avatar, just serving as your avatar, which is really cool. She's um, her own character. That's exactly. Cool, man. Yeah, there's a lot of like freedom to kind of interact with the house in different ways, and it's, it's so cool to see her as this semi-self-autonomous or self-controlling entity as well, who like will check her looks and make sure that she's feeling top for herself. Because like, 
I don't know, I just find it captivating dropping in on articulated characters as mm -hmm. much as I do controlling them. Like, yeah. there's so many limitations to game narrative when you are just lost in the sort of dream of being the character, mm -hmm. right? It's so interesting in those moments where the character deviates from your intention. It's used sparingly, but it, it happens, and it's a, it's a really cool motif to sort of show the the director's hand in that way within our medium you know yeah medium yeah just, absolutely it's like yeah. oh no I, I need you i need the character to do this to be the character yeah. despite what you're thinking i mean it's done in absurdist ways even in like grand theft auto's like torture sequence where mm -hmm. like you're kind of sitting there like questioning why this is why this has to happen and the characters kind of it lost in their own internal motivation for it and you have these moments, these nods back to like, well, there's certain choices you can't make, you know? This is, this is the character coming at you. Yeah, That's and cool. also um, uh, Last of Us has the same uh, yeah. issue where you, at the end of the game, yeah, you kind of, your character goes off in the tangent that a lot of players disagreed with. Mm -hmm. um, but I found that, Last of Us I thought was interesting at least because it then w like brought into question the inherent motivation of a, of a player to be the hero of the game. Yeah. And we see this a lot as well yeah. with like the medium asking the player like really what what terror do you want to exact upon this world that you've purchased your way into? You know, mm -hmm. like yeah. these AAA games that are awakening. They're like starting yeah. to realize the sort of message that they've been born of and espouse in their existence and they're like, Okay, well, you know, we need to address this. Far Cry three did it, mm -hmm. you know, with like the the bro growing up to be a fucking psychopathic murderer. It's a sort of nascent sort of uh, nascent self awareness yeah, and being that aware games of it. are like, oh, this exhibit. is what you want. Yeah. Oh, this is what you want. Yeah. Okay, then have yeah. it. So this here is it the is. price it's of having terrible. It. Like, yeah, Good job. exactly. But this actually uh, skirts that because it's a completely nonviolent game. So it's a way to express a story outside of your input and outside of your um, what what your agency as a player is, without having it just just be kind of an indictment of you as a player. Yeah. You know, it's kind the of being like, being made like you come into the game with certain expectations and they're able to, I, in my experience, they were able to kind of like um, divert them to, into an interesting like story, um, story arc and story conceit. Mm -hmm. Like by saying that, sure, there's these class boundaries and you kind of approach the game as like, oh, this is going to be just like a classic story about a rich asshole and a suffer a suffering maid right. who has like bigger dreams that she's not achieving but instead it for me it, it totally blossomed into something completely different and that was partially because of the way the character voiced her own agency outside of my my input that's super cool yeah and it's so funny too because it if, if you don't mind like shifting gears I'm, the game no, i'm playing I'm, right yeah. now is hilariously a polar opposite of like the you know video game female experience right because like i'm playing bayonetta 2 right now uh, i'm not super far into it but having completed bayonetta 1 it came packaged with bayonetta 2 for the wii u uh i finally after a long enough break after completing that game decided to go into it just in between games and i'm playing bayonetta 2 and man like in every single way that you talked about this sort of empower it's so funny because it's almost like, like the opposite of sunset you have this like incredibly problematic central female character and problematic for the sake of like feminism and mm -hmm. for uh agency and for a woman's perceived place in the pantheon and world of video games like bayonetta is as problematic as it is mechanically perfect like it is an incredibly fun engine to play and to like fight off all these really well designed monsters and like 
ridiculous set piece moments mm-hmm. after ridiculous demo. set like the demo impressive. I played it too yeah. it was insane and yeah. dude like that's the first that's the first like 15 minutes of the game which is awesome and it yeah. only gets crazier from there mm-hmm. like in the first in the demo that Yusef's referring to it's like you fight a gigantic like dragon monster like through a city but first you fight through waves of enemies while on like a jet fighter circling the city mm-hmm. so it's just the most ridiculous like you don't even, your eyes don't even know what to do yeah. anymore with all the information and so you just sort of have this dull vision of like the perfectly tuned like devil may cry style or god of war style like third third person like brawler game tuned to like near perfection like it could be better and anything could be better but like it might be the best third-person brawler I've ever played and the most problematic female character ever. Hmm. They play with cool themes, as they did in Bayonetta 1, too. It's like they they talk about witches versus the established, like, Judeo-Christian order. Like, the, like, Abrahamian white-robed, like, angel figures are these deformed monsters still with white robes and halos, and they're, like, pursuing you and your witch clan. So, like, it references what a lot of... what Like, I don't even know what phase feminist or just female experience of like it's a bit in Wiccan culture it's a bit in feminist culture but this idea of like there's moon power there's like all these clear references to like established like concepts that really are ripe for the picking in terms of filling in an iconography of like really cool heroes and villains like we could make a dope game about like female witch like feminine strong women witches like rising up against the like Abrahamian religions and like conquering this is not that game Hmm. this is like a game while hip checking those with with like bouncy voluptuous hip checking those things is like this you know sexy constantly arched back bayonetta we've seen it it's been discussed a million times so all i'll say is problematic female lead super super fun game to play i'm deeply troubled by how great it is you know what i mean what do you think of the, the arguments that have happened or that have been brought up about how there's an assumed male gaze of the game and that maybe like it, it could also be affirming to like a female gaze where like she's like yeah i mean i'll like, never speak for you know? i'll never speak personally to try to define the female gaze as excluding parts of the what what i think you're referring to or what this critique is referring to as like the male gaze where mm-hmm. like voluptuous curves provocative poses um you know the commodification of like female genitalia and like breasts like mm-hmm. bre- like breast <laughs> like it's all about breasts like, for miles and boobs <laughs> and like mile long legs it's like uh-huh. really problematic uh-huh. But I don't personally think that that's just the male gaze. Like, it's certainly... We can define the male gaze as, like, including large dollops of that. But I think there's some women that get off on, you know, cosplaying as her mm-hmm. uh, and find her look, like, aesthetically pleasing. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to say that it's, like, her yeah. looks themselves or her poses or her postures. Yeah, so it's specifically... Yeah. I think the whole say, experience yeah. is uh-huh. incredibly provocative. Like, we're going into, like, sound design where, like, pain sounds are really mixed with like what we would associate as like pornographic like pleasure sounds and like moans of and grunts of displeasure or pain when a hit you know falls on your on your character like are moans of pleasure and mm-hmm. it, you know it's the whole package it's the yeah. it's the whole package and it's tough because if it came from a more informed place if it came from developers who tried to engage this type of dialogue about what they had created at least to just say hey we're aware of this yeah then i would have been a little bit more okay with like, it. okay but maybe like, this is subversive like maybe there's something yeah subversive yeah. here maybe i should look into like the umbra witch clan and like mm-hmm. are they making a deeper reference but 
you know, from what I can tell, the developer's like, no, this is like Bayonetta, and she's a badass. And in some early interviews before they were releasing the first game, he was like, I am afraid of women. Like, it's like classic, <laughs> like, misogyny. And I'm not going to, I can't just say it's a problem an endemic problem of Japanese culture but there's like a specific type of exploitation that mm-hmm. feels I mean it's coming from Japanese developers so it feels in its own way uh, acutely Japanese and I mean this in terms of like the anime that I've grown up watching mm-hmm. and the types of provocative poses sure. and action sequences that are struck that also sexualize the woman mid combat mm-hmm. and mid you know yeah, damage yeah. like that's why I'm saying it like feels uniquely local it's been a controversial it's been a controversial Topic. I, yeah, yeah, and it's tough because like I I enjoy playing it, and yeah. it's, I'm I'm no stranger to like in other art forms we deal with problematic mm-hmm. artists all the time. Like let's yeah. talk about you know Woody Allen, let's talk about R. Kelly, and these are just like pop, very big, bright, yeah, popular yeah. ones. But we're even now you look at like any of the blog ring and you, Bill Cosby. Everybody's up for like being a problematic artist that you're deeply moved by and you deeply appreciate the product or experience of consuming their good, their art, their whatever, but like they are in their own private times and ways problematic. And in this case, Bayonetta is even more problematic because it's the art itself, it's the product and the consumption therein that the yeah. player cannot help but be barreled, you know, no, I see what over you, the I see head what you're with like really exploitative imagery. And like, and yeah. yet they have achieved a milestone of of like ga- technical gameplay proficiency mm-hmm. and it's like okay so I'm just like I always think like this is going to be the last time I play the game I like put it in and I'm like alright this is it like I'm not even going to beat the game this is so problematic and I'll be like fuck and I'll put it down and I'll stop and I'm like a week later I'm like it's so good I want to like hurt these <laughs> monsters and like it's so good to play so yeah. it's tough it's really problematic yeah. it's like when I got really into R. Kelly and I was like man alive like this guy writes some of the best R&B songs yeah. ever and yeah, I cannot like abide gross, in his grossy. Yeah. yeah. It, it was particularly <laughs> funny when he was like playing a concert nearby, uh-huh. like near New York. And I was like, this is it. Like now I'm actually talking about like record sales barely put money in the pocket of this dude. And I like sure. stole his album. Like yeah, I pirated right. his album, yeah. right? So I haven't given R. Kelly anything. <laughs> but now I'm like, man, it would be really fun to see R. Kelly in concert. <laughs> yeah. But that's putting money directly in his pocket. And I know he's got like some, he had some defense coming up. He was like being called oh, to really? court like that oh, year. Wow. So I was like, of course he's on tour. And I was just like, okay, I can't see him live. But anyway, this kind of about Kells. You kind of reach your limit of what you could. It's, it's, it's interesting how we all have like our personal limits of what, right. of what we can bear. Like, because yeah. I feel like I've had that with constant like struggle with wanting to play GTA Five. Oh sure. And I and every time I see a screenshot of it or a video, oh. the first person I'm like, this looks fucking amazing. Like this world is so articulated, yeah. and. That's and elaborate, as... and then I'm just like hear all this shit about how misogynistic it is, how transphobic it is. It just like it feels so like such an immature product from like kind of a, almost like a, t- a perpetually teenage mind. Every <laughs> single thing you've heard is true. Yeah, on that front, and like, I don't I've doubt it. The yeah. game, dang man, that was a problematic game as well. Yeah, and I don't doubt it, and I get, and it's like, and I'm just like, you know what? I don't think I need to play it, you know, that badly. Like I, I, I. I enjoyed all the previous ones and like i'm just like i feel like i would just be too bothered by sure. some of the content i might I, maybe i wouldn't be i was bothered yeah. by some of the yeah. content in that game yeah along the critical path too yeah. not even like stuff you can mm-hmm. self-select to do badly yeah like critical path stuff disturbed me hmm. in that game yeah no, it's, it's, i think it's like the thing where it's like yeah you you always have to find that kind of that personal boundary yeah. of what you're comfortable playing totally and of course as like men we have like a lot of 
privilege of like what we can enjoy while yeah, recognizing yeah, that exactly. this is problematic, but I'm still okay. I can still shunt this to the side and, well said, yeah. and you know, enjoy like the, the content of the game. That's you know, yeah. but at some point you're like, you know, I, I've, I already spent so much time playing games. Like, let me just focus the time on things that I think are at least worth playing and haven't completely exhausted my goodwill like through whatever you know however they presented their their content you know so yeah that's what i've been playing i've I've been stuck on that and uh xenoblade chronicles still Mm -hmm. i'm like reaching my 60th or 70th hour yeah and i don't know if i'll make it all the way through man this happens to me with every jrpg (laughs) i just i don't are you in the wait but you said there's no grind in this there's no like oh there's grind there's There's grind grind. i mean i have hit the grind (laughs) it the grind started around 45 hours in Uh and that's where i'm just like yo this is really good you know what i finally put my finger on it the writing is twee man it's mm-hmm. totally twee. Mm-hmm. I've never played a JRPG where all the characters are so dang positive <laughs> and work together. And I said dang on purpose because, like, they are <laughs> they don't like, say they, they don't say darn sweet little kids. <laughs> like, no, they'll say damn you, and like, they have some choice quotes actually. Like, uh-huh. there's some like decent writing, mm-hmm. decent writing, yeah. but it's twee. It's just a very different experience where a team just like, no, we're gonna do this. Like, I've got your back. Like, uh-huh. yeah. It's like oh, some yeah, very yeah, Naruto yeah. kind of like power yeah. of friendship level stuff. And for that, I appreciate it because like it is positive reinforcement on a very long journey. I'm like 60 sure. hours in and my team you is like, love these people, we can you know? do it. And yeah. I'm like, we can, little guys. <laughs> I think so. We can. I'm like talking into my 3D. I'm like, we can do it. We can. You're in the train. Yes. Everyone's like watching you. Like, what is this? guys like start crying into a studio. And like, yes, yeah, some other dude like in my party was like not feeling the fun, was like, I got to No, I can't do this anymore. Uh-huh. And the rest of the team was like, we got to stop and help you. Like, let's talk about it. And they, like, talked about it yeah. and, like, resolved it. It was, yeah, tweet. Anyway, going to stop playing that, I think, at some point. Because Monster Hunter, man. It's been so long and I want to get back you into gotta it. You got to do it, dude. So, uh, yes. so Yusuf, are you playing any, anything else? Yeah, I've also been playing The Witcher 3, which is, like, the big AAA release oh of this God. month. Uh, Makes me want to yeah. buy a PS4. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Only sort of it doesn't. I'm not deep into the lore. It looks dope, though. All I'm saying is, like, the lore is pretty dumb. Oh, yeah? <laughs> okay. I mean, there's not... Yusuf, how are fine. you enjoying Witcher 3? <laughs> no, but I am enjoying it a lot, despite the lore not being that good. I mean, like, it, the world still feels very well-realized. I think partially because the all the side quests you get to do are really cool and very unique. As a Witcher, the I guess the basis of the game is your character is this mutated monster hunter character who was brought up as they're they get orphans they fill them with drugs and train them in sword fighting and they're like for some reason we're doing this shit and now go into the world well, there's and, monsters right like there's yeah like it's, the idea the is that yeah, tell me about the witcher man the, the way to explain the world for them is this conjunction of the spheres mm. which is the most fantasy nerd actually don't bullshit. explain the world to me <laughs> let's talk about the witcher yeah yeah and essentially there's a lot of monsters in the world i mean that's kind of what it's kind of a cool aspect of it, and I've heard it described in, in interesting ways. It, is the how it depicts humanity as this not you know not top of the food chain uh, position. Like they, these the We're people, yeah, like there there is powerful certainly powerful political powers, powerful countries that clash with each other and create um, tension in in the game. But ultimately, if you go to a village they'll have these problems with monsters because they're just trying to farm and, and subsist at the same time as being haunted by ghosts and ghouls and goblins. Sounds like an interesting kind of like Norse mythology 
Yes, Norse mythology is also a very grim mythology where it's like, you know, you these, these childhood scary stories that you tell kids to make them go to sleep and have nightmares, I guess. Oh, okay, <laughs> but, cool. Like this idea that like, that monster that I'm telling you about, this that Sandman, that witch by the well, like they're they're real and they're gonna mess you up, like and they and you kind of go around to these villages and you're like I'm and pick and choose missions and help them out, and a lot of times it's basically like uh, some it's something rooted in uh, an actual tragedy that's happened in the village, like say a woman was murdered by a jealous lover she becomes an actual spirit cool. that you then have to dispatch to like make everything go back to normal because she's like she's murdering people oh, there's okay. a lot of like a lot of, a lot of tragic stories that that these monsters are are based in and they kind of explain their existence mm-hmm. the game is kind of like trades in in uh in tragedy and in, in in i mean it kind of leans on it a little too heavily oh it to does. be fair like it everything in the game is about just things being awful and not in a nihilistic way necessarily, but in a way like that Game of Thrones is often accused of, of like adding gravity to the world by making it awful yeah, and totally. incessantly terrible and hopeless. Yeah. Um, and so, but, but I think, I don't know, it's, it's cool in a way, what's cool about The Witcher, I guess, and what I think draws people to Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones as well is is presenting these fantasy stories that don't necessarily involve the common trope of the knight in shining armor that kills a dragon, rescues a princess, and then the, the story ends and you have a happy ending. Like, rather, it's a knight in shining armor that, you, that then tries to kill a dragon, but then the dragon murders the whole kingdom, and you're like, okay, well, I guess... I guess life is more complicated yeah. than the fantasy story, but it's like a step up from that. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, my, my own company, we just completed our second game based on Beowulf, and mm. it sounds like a lot of the sort of contents and, and gravity of Beowulf. I mean, Game of Thrones, a lot of Tolkien's work, it all is in this vein of dark, uh, like, sort of dark fantasy. And mm-hmm. I, it sounds like Witcher is in mm-hmm. that same realm Oh, as totally well. dark fantasy, absolutely. It's spring from this, like, well of, like, yeah, that's why I thought there were, like, notes of Norse mythology where, like, the gods are actually representations of human evils or depravities or terrors or tragedies and natural calamities like harsh winters and, you know, like thematics that, at least in a pre-modern sense, get crunched into these fables and these monsters that come to represent them. Mm-hmm. That's It sounds cool. It makes perfect sense because that's where a fable would come from, you know? It's like, right, yeah. you're like, uh, this terrible thing happened, so let's, let's create a, a gremlin or a goblin. Yeah, how do we justify this in our imaginations? Yeah. Like, people are getting robbed at a bridge trying to get from town to town. Let's create a troll there, mm-hmm. even though it's probably just bandits. Yeah, homeboy had, like, people. boils on his face. Yeah. Definitely a troll, you know? Yeah, he, he, he licked a frog and it got boils. Homeboy you know, that's, that's, that's hanging out under a bridge, man. Yeah. Like a trolly dude. Yeah, so it's kind of cool um, in how it, it references, like, these kind of old, very old mythologies and, and, story, and fairy tales. It feels like a very dark fairy tale sort of experience but you didn't like the setting or like the i mean the setting is great I, I guess it's the lore is not what i didn't like it's more the the central narrative of the game i suppose oh, okay. i mean i haven't finished it and um it's just like it's, it's the problem with any, any open world game is <clears throat> the central narrative is always very, the most uninteresting part yeah and they've managed to sidestep a lot of it by in like kind of um, interspersing the narrative with the side quests and making it, and kind of flattening it, like in, in terms of an import. Mm-hmm. So most of the game, you're kind of chasing this girl who's your daughter by 
raised by by being raised by you and like so you're kind of just chasing after her and she's off running away from something and you're chasing her and that's the main quest line for the first 30 hours i've been playing it for that long yeah and in the meantime like you're just doing all these side quests killing monsters figuring out you know various intrigues and and playing kind of this you know global super cop as you do in any fantasy hey guys, game i'm a witcher yeah you got any monsters you got any problems you got any problems <laughs> i can solve for you, I'm you a witcher. yeah and you go and you solve those problems hey. and you make money sometimes sometimes you don't and you know you kind of uh you know you and you tread what are essentially you know delicate moral pathways into you know through like through some t- through weird stories like but i actually i was thinking about the game recently and what i like about a lot of the 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 narrative and the storytelling is something is kind of similar to what i like about dark souls but in a more explicit way where that where npcs will just outright lie to you and um you and you don't find out about it till later and it kind of screws you or it doesn't but you just feel like you didn't get a clean experience necessarily like with dark souls in some ways it's much more neutered because you don't really understand it until you finish the entire game yeah and you've like read about it or you watch a youtube video and you're like oh this the impact's not yeah this. yeah like this is i mean i play the game a certain way and that's really cool like in a, in a intellectual way you're kind of like it's kind of making a statement on games itself like at least dark souls the first one is just like you've played as a hero and and everything you've done has been basically just like a a, a spark in a giant bonfire of like of life like your 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 impact is so much less yeah, than totally. an action game would have you believe and witcher is a lot more immediate like but what's cool about it is just like not being able to trust npcs i think that's still rare surprisingly <laughs> like it's still fairly rare in games where like you'll be like you'll have two npcs that are just like I'm the good guy, he's the bad guy, and you're just like, I don't know who's the good guy, and I'm just gonna, you know, Slice wing one it. Of your heads I'm just gonna off. wing him. One of you're gonna die, and I hope that that was the right one. And then you're not really sure if they were, like, and you and the, but then the ones you chose are definitely not good. <laughs> They're just like, <laughs> They're like less bad. Yeah, I mean, like, there's one point where you have to, like, choose between two, like, evil spirits, and they both seem like evil spirits, and, like, but then the one you choose, you're like, oh, you're really bad. I don't, like, I'm, I don't think, I, I think I made, I made the wrong choice. Nice. But it's just like, you're kind of stuck with that choice and you just kind of move forward. Yeah, a friend of mine who's playing the game as well, mm-hmm. another friend of mine, uh, we were going to the Governor's Ball Music Festival mm-hmm. this past weekend. And uh, he was like, oh, I'm going to be a couple hours late. I made a choice in The Witcher that I really just, I, I have to undo. And I was like, dude, it's all good. you said you weren't <laughs> going to undo any of your choices. He's like, yeah, this was a bad one. I'm I'm definitely I'll be there in a couple yeah, hours. Yeah, yeah. Some of them are. So he like save stated it, you know, like he loaded yeah. it and was just like redid the choice or uh-huh. whatever. Did you say it, was, it turned out better? Uh, no, I never. I mean, we you were at the festival. Out, yeah, you're too busy partying. Too busy partying. No, man. but that's like I'm I'm not convinced that I that my other choice could have been better. Right. Which is which is cool. Kind of cool. About it. It's cool. Yeah, it's not like it's not like just like you just fell for it. It's just like this world is not like there's no you know default good side well yeah that sounds super cool and you're still pretty early in the game you haven't or i don't know 30 hours of what seems to be a gigantic game yeah so we'll probably be checking in on that one again much like my xenoblade chronicle yeah yeah i'm still early into it oh yeah i just 
I did want to say that um, the the cool thing about the, the, the that lying mechanic is I feel like a lot of games like set your character character up to be a be a rube essentially. You know, Bioshock, Metal Gear Solid, yep. like all these games are just like you're pursuing this mission, but oh, the guy you're working for is actually bad, and in most of these games, you kind of as a player, you realize that immediately. Yeah, of course. And your character, for some reason, doesn't. And it's just so frustrating as a player to just be like, why are you doing this? Yeah. You, it's so clearly evil. <laughs> like, they're so clearly not, like, a good guy. And it's very refreshing for a game to actually be successful in tricking you yeah. into thinking that um, you're, like, you're, so you're not sure of your own actions. Whereas in a game, you're just, like, you kind of resign yourself. You're kind of, like, letting choices, your character do yeah. his thing. Like, you're like, all right, you're clearly falling for a, like a bad like for like somebody who's lying to you yeah i'll but just have to kill yeah. really really well for you yeah and then i'll then i'll kill you and all the people that you work for yeah, you exactly and yeah so that kind of is like a a funny like aspect of it um and i would be remiss in, in mentioning a conversation that's happening about it right now which was sp- uh brought on by this article in polygon by Tariq musa who wrote about how it was like a very like um, white game, uh, yes. <laughs> essentially? Yes, seems I mean, very um, very white. Though I did meet one character of color, but she was a succubus. Oh God, <laughs> a so succubus she green or something. She was like brown, oh, okay. but she had like full white tattoos, like voodoo style, and then she had like goat legs, and I was oh, like, fuck, come on, bro, this is the one POC you present me. Yeah, but. Uh, it's interesting because it, like it's it's gotten like a lot of like kickback because people are like it's a Polish game and therefore it is in some ways exempt from your criticism because it's like they're at least in Europe they're an ethnic minority but like <sighs> they're I don't know man like there's like a certain a certain global whiteness yeah, <laughs> that we have totally. to deal with <laughs> totally that is ignored by the arguments that like a game from Poland like should be rec- should be allowed to be fully white, even though Poland isn't fully white. You know, yeah. there are people there who aren't white. There's like sure. it's ninety five percent white, which is a lot of white people, but that leaves a lot of people who aren't. Absolutely. And uh, the 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 defenses of the, of the mythology are bullshit because like the game is even the author has said that like there is no link to any Polish mythology, mythology in the game. Or yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like it's not. It's a game that he, or it's a it's a story that he like invented from his own imagination like writers do yeah <laughs> you know based on obviously earlier stor- earlier works like Tolkien and Grimm yeah it's such an interesting thing to try to defend the whiteness of that game behind its Polish developers heritage right like i get it i get yeah. the argument i guess i just don't find it incredibly like yeah strong i don't find it a very it's like it's argument. like why do you need to make that argument is the well, question no is i like, mean i just wonder again as you so aptly put like the folklore doesn't exist in poland nor does it tell a tale of poland mm-hmm. the folklore like we were mentioning earlier has notes of you know nordic flavor and yes obviously nordic an incredibly white country as well but polish developers making a triple a action video game epic exist in the world you mm-hmm. know their yeah. commodity is being given to the president of the united states like on their last the polish ambassador's yeah, last yeah, visit yeah. famously like they gave our black president a copy of the witcher <laughs> yeah. i wonder what obama thinks of the, i mean obama's <laughs> probably not 
played it. But like, Dude, he's so you get like you live in the like, world where like this was a very he calls big the Poland. He's like, where's the, the oil for the monster? Minister, like, give a copy to our POTUS. <laughs> yeah, and that's dope. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, but that also means that they've acknowledged people of color in the world. In fact, a very high profile one. Absolutely. But a person of color was given their game. Like they live in the world, yeah. right? And it's, it's like, what would adding a person of color detract from the experience? It's like, well, as a non-succubus, <clears throat> right? Because they've already tried, right? Certainly. So, I, and not to say that, look, and this is all to say that, like, it's not necessarily the developers of, of this game are, like, meaning any ill intent or bad, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, bad... I don't they don't want to, like, <clears throat> erase people of color from their perception of the world. hatred. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't seem like hatred, which yeah. is a game that was terrible and released just recently as well. This isn't hatred. This yeah. is... Maybe just you know the second ring of racism these of are, like yeah of like these the are casual devel- like yeah. just the not uh, the non awareness that like the developers who haven't people seen, of color can have yeah. compelling stories or be a part of compelling stories and there's a reason to do that sure there's an audience that would appreciate that I think right like yeah. as a non person I mean, as a person of like off whiteness but I'm a white man like mm-hmm. I still think there's value in people of color being in the stories that I consume and that I absorb because that's perspective man that's yeah. real. That's yeah. the world we live in. I yeah. know. It's like, the argument is like, yeah, I'm just like, what would adding a person of color detract from your Polish experience at, like, or your Polish cultural experience? Polish experience yeah. I mean, in some ways, I do understand it like, as, a, as a Polish experience. Like, like, visiting these villages and talking to people and seeing how they're dressed and the aesthetic that the game kind of dresses them in doesn't feel western like it feels like of its own kind but even the way you phrased your question on a semantic level assumes and accepts a built-in uh like white supremacy of polish people which Mm -hmm. in itself is a is a form of perception that i'm sure even polish people would not want to have be a part of like you know what i mean like within the question you asked about the defense of whitewash we have accepted a, a cultural like stereotype essentially mm-hmm. and not only accepted it but allowed the the people of that stereotype or the people who inhabit that stereotype to inhabit that bias yeah yeah and that in itself is problematic not Absol- that you're no, being absolutely. problematic but like we yeah, as a yeah, cultural consumer have already accepted that it's okay it's they're yeah. from poland like they yeah. they they're just white people there yeah. like i get the defense i just don't like it nor do i think it's a valid yeah, no, nor do i think it will it's never like a it will never one. comfort me yeah because no, like, exactly because like for one thing i need to experience like this media and yeah right and i'm never gonna feel like wanted in the media if i'm not represented in the media and like even if it's like this is a cultural draw to it like i'm like it, i feel like there's a certain privilege of like a white person to be able to like, ab- like to ab- absorb any kind and, of yeah, these exactly. games and like be like let's just look at this culture they're not really white there's like a there's like a kind of like they get a buy there's an ethnic minor- yeah. like minority like which is valid in like a global like objective sense but not in like as a player trying to play a game that they feel welcome welcomed by yeah and so like it's it hasn't it, welcomed you to the table yeah and it it's hasn't like, welcomed anybody to the table other than well, I mean, it's what people at the table. It's just like it. I feel like you have to. You there's really no reason to defend it as a culturally white work. Like yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that's, that's crazy. White yeah. supremacy. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> and I'm still enjoying it. That's because I have. You know, it's like you have very little options. Hey, man, know? I feel you. Bayonetta two, dude. <laughs> right Bayonetta there with you, dude. 
and I, I, I love a lot of game. a lot of the world, and I think it's like it's a great game, and I I am I'm glad the conversation is happening about it, and that people and even the, and people and people's arguments about the Slavic authenticity of it is are being called out as the bullshit they are, so I think that's actually progress is being made if only if if very annoyingly and gradually and stuck in mire totally. as it is but totally. yeah